Welcome to the daily podcast broadcast. 1111 Starseeds Unite, Lightworkers Mystics. What's Goonie? What's good, y'all? I hope everyone's having a great, wonderful, beautiful, amazing day today. Whether it is greeting you at night, morning, evening, afternoon, I hope that whatever it is, that you're in high, highest of the spirits. And uh, just, uh, you know, take a deep breath, breathe it out. Inhale the good shit, exhale the bullshit. All right, guys. So it is a new day. A new day, y'all. Give thanks for a new day. Every day is a great day. And uh, today is no different. So, yeah, guys. If you have any topic requests, would like to be a feature, have any comments, suggestions, anything, want to give yourself a shout out, anything like that, please direct those comments concerns to my inbox on instagram at agent k21 podcast or instagram or twitter agent k21 and uh let's get right into it guys so happy black history month guys it is black history month and it is also a leap year so we get an extra day thank y'all thank you massa for the extra day we get an extra day to celebrate so celebrate real good uh i know a lot of people are celebrating and supporting black owned businesses um I also do provide affordable counseling services at no charge. Donations are accepted. And the link in the bio of at Agent K21 will take you to that website. All right. But today in Black History, fun fact for today. Today in Black History, uh, as comes from Complex.com article, today in Black History, Erica Badu is working on a new perfume that smells like her vagina. Can we just give it up for that? Can we just have a a moment of silence? Can we pour some out? Can we put something in the air for that? That is beautiful. Women empowerment. um, Love yourself. Love all of your body because all of your body is beautiful. All of your soul is beautiful. So let's let's get that love going. This is February, guys. Hello. All right. I'm going to read this article here. And this is Erica Badu. Erica Badu has been working on different items for her new online store one of which is a fragrance that smells like her vagina. She announced a new perfume called Badu's Pussy in an interview with Ten Magazine, which she said is an olfactory tribute to what Badu calls her superpower. Quote, There's an urban legend that my pussy changes men, she said. The men that I fall in love with and fall in love with me change jobs and lives. She explained the process of making the fragrance, which included burning some of her underwear. I took lots of pairs of my panties, cut them up into little pieces and burned them, she said. Even the ash is part of it. She also revealed that she no longer wears underwear, so she didn't care about offering them up. The people deserve it, she said. The new scent will be available through her Badu World Market Store on February 20th. During the interview, she also discussed the controversial comments she made in 2018 about Bill Cosby and Adolf Hitler, where she painted both figures in a positive light. People formed the, quote, offendocracy, she said. People are entitled to their opinions, but I think that group lynchings are ridiculous. In the 2018 interview with Vulture, Badu touched on the idea of separating the person from the art they are making. In quotes, I love Bill Cosby and I love what he's done for the world, but if he's sick, why would I be angry with him? The people who got hurt, I feel so bad for them. I want them to feel better too. But sick people do evil things, hurt people, hurt people. 
She spoke on Hitler during the same conversation. Quote, I don't know, I don't even know what anti-Semitic was before I was called it. I'm a humanist. I see good in everybody. I saw something good in Hitler. And that is where the article ends. <clears throat> now, uh, yeah, yeah, um, what do you guys think about that, huh? What, 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 what do you think about that? Let, let, let's talk, let's dive right into it. Um, first of all, I think it's awesome that she's making a perfume that smells like her vagina. I think that that's beautiful and wonderful, especially since there's so much body shaming and, uh, dysmorphia and just, you know, just different stuff, especially around women and genitalia and things like that. And that needs to stop. And, um, so I think that's awesome. And I also think there's some truth to what she says, uh, about this urban legend, because, you know, as we have seen, the men that she has been with, you know, people like Common or Andre 3000, you know, there's memes, and I'll probably even post it on my page, is like the meme of when before and after Erica Badu. So I think that, uh, yeah, the vagina is the gateway to the outer world, the inner world. That's where, you know, it's a portal. It takes, it, it brings, you know, the spirit to earth. So yeah, uh, you got to guard that. You got, you got to take care of that because, uh, you know, and again, no shame, no condemnation on this page. So do what you will with, with, with your things, you know, but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a holy place. That is a temple. That is a, uh, you know, you reach there, you, you might be changed for life. And, um, I think that she is definitely a, a star seed, if you will. She's definitely on her own mission as we all are but she's really embraced hers and accepted it and so um I think there's some truth to that and um as far as the comments that she's made about Hitler and Bill Cosby I, I didn't even know that there was controversy about it. I didn't even know that she made these comments to be quite frank um now I tend to be more like her I acknowledge the light in everyone and I believe that we are inherently good you know, I don't think there's anyone born an axe murderer or, or a racist or anything like that. I think we are made. It's a it's a matter of nature versus nurture. And I think we are all inherently good. It's things that happen to us that can cause us to be corrupted or make different choices, you know. But I don't think that anyone is born evil. I just don't. And um, in addition to that... It's important to acknowledge the inherent evil in us all, because I think that it's a combination of both, right? And so, um, yeah, I don't trust people who are oblivious to their own evilness, because if you can't look at someone and say, if you say, oh, it's only those people, only those people are axe murderers, only those people are racist, but you can't recognize the racist within you, I don't really trust that, because uh, you got to be able to recognize what you despise in other people it probably resides in yourself as well just as much as the things you adore in other people probably reside in you as well. And so, <clears throat> and I say that from my own life experience because um, for a long time, I couldn't see myself as angry or, you know, violent until I became such. And it was like, oh shit, this is in me too? What the fuck? Like, and then it was like, okay. And the more you reject that and suppress that, the less, the more susceptible you are to actually causing that because you can't change what you don't know. And so if you think you're happy all the time and you're suppressing all this rage, oh yeah, it's going to come out. It, it can come out. And um, 
yeah, we don't want to suppress ourselves. We want to integrate ourselves into a whole, a whole pizza. That's what we want to be. Not these slices, not these fragments. So it's about integrating. And also, I, I don't believe anyone's evil or inherently wrong. I think we have these patterns that we need to unlearn. And I think that we have, uh, you know, just beliefs that we need to dismantle and illusions we need to break through. It takes a lot of work and it's not pretty, but um, it's very much worth it. And uh, I really believe that there are no toxic people. There are no toxic people. There's only toxic energy. And when we can remove that, we can actually look at people from a whole place and realize they're not evil. They're acting evil because they haven't faced their own demons yet. They're acting out of this because X, Y, and Z. You know, this happened to them. This is why they're this way. What have you. It's not to excuse it. It's more of to have compassion and to embrace. And um, I think that goes much further than demonizing something and, and looking at it as not a part of you. That We live in a universal of oneness. So we're all connected. And um, a beautiful thing that I, I like to think about is... Um, you know, for undergrad, I studied psychology. And for those who have studied psychology or just know about this, there was an experiment done, the Stanley Milgram experiments. And you can look that up. Um, <clears throat> but just in short, this experiment, uh, it is actually illegal to do this now. But in this particular experiment, they took patients or clients, if you will, and they had these people who participated to get electric shocks. Now, the experiment was to test people's morals and values and things of that nature. kind of got out of hand. People had psychological issues afterwards, etc. Um, but in the Stanley Milgram experiment, he did a couple of you know, very illegal experiments now. But the one that I'm referring to is the electric shocks. Now, in this experiment, um, he had people, participants, who went into a room. They got all suited up with, you know... Um, to get these electric shocks and they had ordinary people come in and say they had a, a scientist or a professor or just a tester or whatever say electrocute this person and they electrocute them and you know you hear a person in the other room ah, you know they're, they're getting electrocuted so they're freaking out and you hear them in the other room and the study found that most people continued to electrocute these people all the way up to like high voltage, you know, like very dangerous because they were being prompted to continue by a certified experiment person, you know. And basically the experiment proved that, you know, these people who say, oh, I would never do that if that was me. I would never make that same mistake. You put them in the same situation most of the time they do. So they say, you know, I would never electrocute someone just because someone was telling me to. And then you put them in that scenario and there they are. So I think when we look at people and say, oh, I would never be a Hitler. We didn't grow up with whatever Hitler grew up with. We have no clue if we would have made the same choices he made. And so, um, yeah, I think that it's very, you got to be very careful with those judgments, you know. And if you're judging people, you have no room to love them. And I think love is the highest and fear is the lowest. So. I look at everything with a, with a grain of salt. I look at everything with love, through the eyes of compassion, as best as I can. And um, and so, yeah, I don't really have a problem with her comment about that. Like I said, that's that's new to me. But yeah, that is what's going on today in Black history. So um, today, I want to talk about you know as we continue this 
evolutionary process as we continue to ascend and transcend um there's a thing that happens called being triggered now this is going to be part one of a a part two series and today i'm going to talk about triggering and so today uh, i'm talking about when we trigger other people when our very existence trigger people Eric Badu's comment triggered people to have backlash at her. And um, basically what happens when we are being triggered or when we trigger someone else is we are um, either going against beliefs, we are making people question reality, our very existence is um, not conducive to their spirit, um, we're ruffling the feathers, not intentionally, most of the time it's not intentional, it's just, that's just what it is, and usually what happens is, it's triggering a, an unhealed wound, typically from childhood, in people, so for example, um, for example, uh, if I, man, let me think, <laughs> um, I might say to someone, you know, no, I might, here, here's, an, here's an example, I just thought of one, okay, someone walks into the house, and they see that the house is chaotic, the house is trash, like, the house is so dirty, you can't even see the floor, right, you can't even step on the floor, you can't even see nothing, the house is trashed, and the person, quote unquote, overreacts, they start flipping out, and they start, you know, walling out, and they're just like, oh, whatever, they're doing their thing, and, um, You know, the other person's like, whoa, dude, I can clean up, like, chill. And the person's like, I can't believe you don't take me, you don't appreciate me, you trash the house, you take me for granted. And the other person's thinking, this is kind of extreme. All I I gotta do is tell me to clean the dishes. It's kind of extreme. But it's not. (laughs) It's not. It's This person is living back in the reality of an unhealed wound. And typically what we find at the base of this, at the root of this, is um, something from childhood. So once the person has calmed down and we're like, hey, why did you get so upset about that? And the person's like, well, you know, when I walk in the house and the house looks really trashed, I, I feel disrespected. And he go, okay, well, what, what about that makes you feel disrespected? Like, can we talk about this? And they say, well, you know, when I was younger, I always had to clean the house. And you go, okay, like, tell me more about that. And they're like, well, um, when I come in the house and I see that it's dirty, it makes me feel like I'm going to be left alone in this dirty place with no one to help me like I was when I was a kid. You know, that's an example of what walking through a trigger looks like. Um, And so typically you kind of have to probe a little bit you kind of have to draw the person out to really get to the root of it because initially they they may or may not be conscious of what is actually going on and so when dealing with the trigger especially dealing with someone who's triggered and willing to explore why they're being triggered you have to be very gentle and very patient to really get to what is at the root of this like okay that reaction is valid and you're okay to express yourself but let's figure out why you're expressing yourself that way. What's What else is going on that, that we don't even know? What else is going on that you're not saying? That maybe you've buried, maybe you've forgotten, you know? 
And once we start to talk about that, we can process and go, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because I'm struggling with my fear of abandonment. I'm doing this because I'm struggling with uh, self-worth. I'm doing this because of fear of rejection, et cetera, et cetera. And the more we can um, upheal those and uproot those, we can start to plant different seeds of like, okay, you know, next time you come in the house, because I very well may trash the house again, person. You come in the house again, um, remember that you're not that little kid. And remember that, you know, um, you can tell me, you can talk to me, and I'll be conscious of that. Like, okay, I'm going to clean the dishes or what have you. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about. But I'm really going to save part two tomorrow um, or whenever. <laughs> I'm going to save part two for... Uh, triggered so today is triggering and next time I'll talk about being triggered and what to do when you are the one triggered but what I really want to focus on is when you are triggering someone else so um when we are triggering someone else typically it's not intentionally and if it is intentional that's kind of malicious but you know uh, I don't I don't know if we really want to surround ourselves with people who intentionally try to trigger us that's in my opinion, kind of dysfunctional and toxic, but, uh, you know, um, but people who generally love us, care for us, accept us are really truly there for us. They're not intentionally trying to trigger us, but being triggered is going to happen. And the more light and love that you express, the more people you will trigger. Now, everyone's not going to be for you. Everyone can't handle what you got going on. Everyone ain't for you. And so what happens oftentimes is um, you'll be doing something and you're just having a great day, having a great day. And someone gets triggered by your very presence and then they start cussing you out, you know, and you're like, okay, I didn't do anything. I just walked into the room. You have to really separate yourself and realize this is ain't this ain't about me. Whatever I carry is aggravating them and their spirit. And so when we're triggering other people, we have to remember that it's not our responsibility. It's not our job to fix anyone, to heal anyone, to rescue anyone, to save anyone. And um, we have to continue to do our own thing, regardless of who's with us or not, regardless of who's being triggered or not. Um, and it's very important to have that separation of self, to, to recognize the boundaries of this is where I start and end, and this is where you start and end. And um, to not take it personally when we trigger someone. If we walk into a room and someone starts cussing at us, does that mean we need to change something? Even if they're blaming us, even if they're saying, I don't like that fragrance you're wearing. You're wearing that Erykah Badu pussy on your, on your neck. I don't like that. Does that mean we change what we're doing to benefit them? Not necessarily. I mean, to each his own, but not necessarily. That's their something they need to work out. If I want to wear this Erykah Badu uh, cologne, then yes, I'm going to. And that's for them to figure out how they're going to deal with that. And so, um, you know, when we're triggering other people, if we come from homes that are conditional or codependent, we can slip into a people-pleasing mindset of like, oh dear, I got to change myself in order to benefit this person. That is not uh, necessarily the best response. Um, I think there's a balance between consideration and accommodating someone versus changing yourself to not displease someone and um, it's a very fine line but there's there's definitely a difference and um, we can definitely talk more about that so 
when you're triggering someone, these type of things can happen. And, um, you know, I had this example happen, live example for you guys, you know, today. And, and again, you have to remember there are no toxic people. There's just toxic energy. And when people can't see what's going on, when they're oblivious, when they're living in denial, when they're not doing the inner work, you're going to trigger a heck of a lot of people. Heck of a lot of people. Because that's what helps wake them up. That's what helps, you know, even if they don't see it, as long as you see it, like, oh, this is what's going on. Okay, let me step back. We want to be in the observer seat, okay? Not the driver's seat. Let them drive their own vehicle, wherever that takes them. We're just going to observe. And, um... You know, your very presence will start to trigger people and um, just continue to shine, continue to do you, regardless of how people respond to you. Because, yeah, what you're doing is fantastic work. What we're all doing, those of us who are probably listening are probably on the same page. Uh, because, you know, we can have this fear of like, oh, I don't want to say this or do that. Uh the people who need to hear it are going to hear it. If if you have an eye to see, you're going to see it. If you have an ear to hear, you're going to hear it. For those that it's not for, it's going to go right over the head. It's going to be static fuzz in their face. So, you know, if you're here listening, you probably get it. And it's probably happening. And so, you know, I had a moment today where I triggered someone. And I'm like, huh, huh. Not necessarily me, but uh, the energy, the situation brought a triggered moment and I'm just sitting there watching this whole thing unfold like oh I see what's really going on and every time a unhealed wound is shaken it's like a root of a tree if you take that root and you shake it everything is going to shake all the branches are going to shake all the leaves are going to shake the entire core of this tree is going to shake and so every time an unhealed wound is triggered that's literally just think of someone shaking the root of a tree and it wiggling everything and um once we start to pull those unhealed roots once we trace what's going on back to the root we can actually pull that root up and we can implement a new root even if it's something traumatic typically it's traumatic but even if it's something that's in the past we can re-narrate that and the root itself will change and once the root itself changes all the branches change all of the fruit on that tree changes and the entire tree becomes different it becomes an entire different species basically and that is no longer an apple tree you've made it an orange tree and you can really cultivate that and you can really transmute the energy into something beautiful and profound and um it's not an easy task but it's definitely doable and I feel the this, this shift already happening. And so the more we start to work with the root of things, the more we can change the whole course of the, the tree. And that changes the course of our entire direction. That changes the, what we attract to ourselves, the experiences we have. We've, we've jumped timelines, if you will. And um, the more that we do the work, the more that these branches will start to change. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit just like a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Did I say that? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And so once we heal and cultivate this tree, we start to bear such good things, and we start to reap the fruits of our labor. And so with that, I will be back next time, and we'll talk about being triggered, part two. Until next time, be well, be blessed, keep your head up. 
We got this. Until next time. Thank you.